I want to remind everyone before we start today's show that I am sending koozies as a thank you to anyone who leaves an iTunes review. It's that easy. Just drop an iTunes review, leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in that review. I will DM you, get your address, and send you those koozies for a nice little holiday. Thank you. So get those iTunes reviews in so you can get some fresh koozies before Christmas, before the new year, and I will get those out today. Much love to the Dirtball fam. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from New York. New York, New York. That's Joey. right. No chill, pray now. New York, New York, New York City in the house. I'm 16 floors above New York City in a blizzard. Uh, Snow just coming down everywhere right now, although technically I don't believe it's snowing anymore. I think it's just, I think I'm just seeing tons of snow blowing off of rooftops. But feet of snow out there. Dude, December and snow is is where it's at. Like, I don't know, like I'll never be mad at, a, a nice December snowing. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Although I don't enjoy coming from California where I have none of my winter clothes. All of my winter clothes are like scattered across New York. I have stuff at my mom's house. My brother-in-law, who's almost my size, a little bit bigger than me, has a couple of my coats. Mikey's got a bunch of my stuff. So I'm going to have to collect some warm weather stuff because I went out this morning and just straight up sneakers to get bagels. Come back. I'm just soaked. Like just soaked to the socks. You know, I haven't even bought a winter coat yet. And I have a weird, weird take on it. Like how long am I going to be outside realistically right. at any given point? But I'm serious. Like between being in your car and then going from the car indoors. And I have a few coats that are semi-warm. But I don't know if it's the penny pinching in me. Shout out to Walt Ruther. He'd be proud of this. It's like, am I really going to splurge for a winter coat? I mean, I should. I mean, you can get you can get like a winter coat that's not a winter coat. Like, you don't have to get a ski parka. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Get yourself a nice pea coat. Be a, you know, be a classy man. A what coat? A pea coat. What's that? You know, like a double-breasted, like, like men's coat. Like a coat coat, like not a sport sports coat, like a dress coat. I'm a child, Joe. I when am I wearing that out? I mean, seriously. I don't know. On a on a date with a lovely young lady from Cincinnati. I, I don't know. Pick her up. You know, you gotta go around. You gotta get out of the car just to let her in the the door. Dude, I don't co- know. COVID. I'm not doing these. Uh, I'm not doing these these dinner dates. I'm not about that game. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, you know, we, we know, we, speaking of fashion, we noticed before the show, we're both wearing the exact same plain, like light blue shirt. I, I feel like we're doing a podcast from the future. I feel like we're in demolition, man, where everybody wears the same exact outfit. Yeah. Is it the same exact shirt? I think it is. I think it looks different because of our lighting, but I'm pretty sure they gave us the exact same stuff. Yeah, we, we, we might be struggling with your One internet former today. Former sponsor shirts. I can tell. How are you looking from your end? Because you're looking real blurry on my end. Uh, everything seems fine over here, but am I, am I dicey audio-wise too? Yeah, it's starting to get a little dicey. But Rip internet. We'll, uh, if perhaps if Colleen is watching or listening from the other room, don't go on the internet. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll try to make it work. We're going to be together next week. Let's just, let's just tease that out a little. Yeah. All if, if everything goes as planned. Yeah. I'll we'll be, be driving, we'll, ac- I'll be driving across the country and stopping in Cincinnati, Ohio for a live podcast from Walt's Bape basement live from wall street yeah you're gonna have a giant crock of chili wait no you're not gonna have a giant crock of chili waiting for you i wish although you know i should figure out my dad could make some bomb ass chili i should see what his recipe was although i guarantee he never wrote it down yeah that's that seems like a wall thing to do he took that one with him (laughs) he did write it down he also just put it in the pocket of a suit that he was buried in Although taking it with me and he's not getting my chili recipe. Yeah. Maybe I'll check the filing cabinets, which have taxes from 1961. <laughs> you know, I it's found in, there. You know, it's I found in there. It's like the Da Vinci code. It's mixed <laughs> into the, all the, you're just like in the taxes from 1961. It's a whole, it's a whole bunch of numbers. And then it just says Bay leaves randomly. And you're like, what is this? And then you're in the 1975 taxes and just on one line, floating all by itself says nutmeg and you're like wait did my dad hide his chili recipe in 40 years of taxes i can see him doing that by the way i I could totally see him doing that because it's a good plot of like a a da vinci code mock movie some guy's award-winning chili recipe and he hides it yeah paperwork i like that His, his surviving son's gotta piece it together and win the chili competition to make enough money so that they don't foreclose on the house. Oh, man, you just wrote the whole plot right there. Yeah. Look, man, it's New York. I got coffee. Ideas are just firing. It must be good to be back. It's nice. I mean, the, the, the good thing so far, I really haven't done anything. Um, yesterday, I just went to my sister's and saw my new baby nephew. So it's just How was been that? How was that? Great. First time, first time you saw him. First time I saw him, great little dude. Literally didn't cry the whole time. Just like they, they got him dialed in. Happy little baby. Likes to look out the window. Just chilling. How old is he? He's he was born in late May, May twenty fifth. So that would make him what seven months? Yeah, almost seven months. And you got to see him for the first time. Yeah, little Dean, clean Dean. So now that's number three for you as far as being an uncle. Yep. Three, two nephews and a niece. When's the, uh, when's the Joey Nocho kid coming out? Who knows? You're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Who's going to have it? Actually, this is a bigger question for the dirt balls. Who's going to have a kid first? You or me? Well, I've already said, I mean, I think that you'll have an, 
you'll have an adopted son. You'll have a stepson. No like, way. W- within the year. Within the year. Within a year. That Crano. That's a. T- that, that's just. That's a. Within the year. Take. Before the end of 2021, you'll be dating somebody who has a child. For the end of 2021. Yeah. That's some real Midwest. You're going to meet a nice girl, you know, a little younger than you, but she's, you know, Midwest. So she's divorced, a couple kids, got married at 22. You know, they met at a skyline. They had a couple kids. They realized the relationship shouldn't be formed at chili macaroni restaurants and they break up sweet girl you really like her you start coaching you you leave in a, in a very mike d'antoni way you resign from your third grade basketball team and start coaching another third grade basketball team for the kids that you've basically adopted i would right. never do that talk about movie ideas yeah that's a good Hallmark movie right there. Yeah. I would never do that right now, even though we are on hiatus. Quick update. We are we're on hiatus until January due to COVID, at least our team. So we took that last L. We're on hiatus. But I do want to move into an NBA discussion. You just talked about D'Antoni. So we can start with James Harden, yeah. his former player. ESPN dropped a bombshell. Very good report this week about James Harden and what he's been allowed to do within the Houston Rockets organization. And basically, it's carte blanche. He's been able to do whatever the hell he wants yeah, since he and, signed. And it's kind, of a, uh, it's kind of a weird thing because you remember James Harden, as the story points out almost immediately, was a six-man on the, on the Thunder. Now, I think everybody knew how talented James Harden was. I don't think everybody knew he was... MVP candidate, talented, MVP winner, talented, um, but that he was a, you know, he had star player potential. So they trade for him and he goes there and basically from day one, they just let him run rampant. And I can't, I can't imagine anybody's too surprised by that. I mean, the, the culture in Houston when he arrived was the Kevin McHale, Dwight Howard, Daryl Morey rockets and it seems like he just got to a place knew he could take advantage of it knew he could do whatever he wanted and then it got out of control I mean it it got out of control for sure yeah I I recommend everybody read the article you know there's a lot of good nugs out of it I mean wild stuff like cities that he likes such as LA Phoenix basically Anywhere anywhere with strip clubs yeah Miami the team got to stay an extra day so he could party. So the whole team wouldn't fly out if they could make it work schedule-wise. He got to take private planes to a lot of places. I mean, it's almost like the Kawhi-Paul George situation on steroids. The, the thing is about this situation is, and, and obviously D'Antoni arriving is, is a change in the – at least in their success, you know, but James Harden plays really well the entirety of his time in Houston. He becomes a major star. He wins an MVP. Like I wouldn't even say necessarily from a team success standpoint, 
that it was disappointing. I mean, obviously, I know across all sports, the goal is to win a championship, and they didn't do that. But really, again, like you kind of can't hold like them at fault for losing to better teams, at least you know in Western Conference Finals, whatever. Like my my point is the the entirety of James Harden's career in Houston is successful for him and for Houston. So it's hard to say, Oh, like you guys fucked this up because you let him run rampant. But at this, you know, the flip side of the coin is, could they have stolen, you know, uh, a playoff round from somebody that was better than them? Could they have overachieved? Could they have won a championship if perhaps the rest of the team doesn't, hate James Harden because he's getting like super special treatment. Now at the same time, besides Russell Westbrook coming to the Rockets this past season, who like who on that, any of those Rockets teams is saying like what James Harden should or shouldn't be doing. And also does every other player on that team also want to stick around Miami for an extra night? Well, Chris Paul was one of them. They highlight right. that in the article. Right. So Him Chris and, Paul is like the guy who... And they butted you know, heads over want, that. Right. Wants to be more serious about playing basketball. Yeah. Chris Paul has problems with him taking practices off, him showing up late to practices. Clearly, it affects them enough to get rid of Chris Paul. And, but at the same time, they're a Chris Paul no-show away from potentially upsetting a Warriors team. Right? Like... Well, he was injured. The- Right, but my point is, and I, and I, I'm. This is not me defending James Harden. If I was the coach or the GM of that basketball team, that would never have happened in the first place. But my point is, James Harden doesn't come up lame because he's out every night at the strip club. Chris Paul comes up lame, you know. Dude, you're doing State Farm commercials every like like it has to be literally every day. I mean, I don't know how you can have that many State Farm commercials without doing a State Farm commercial every second that you're not on a basketball court. Well, the thing that is interesting about the Harden situation is for anyone who says, hey, man, you're a piece of shit, you're partying, you're going to strip clubs, you want to stay out late, you're not a team player, he still always performed in the court. And that's, that's, where, it gets, right. Right, that's where it gets interesting because I've always said personally, dude, if you still perform on the court or on the field, it, it's it's tough to – be mad when you still perform like take someone such as a Johnny Manziel or whatever who couldn't balance both and couldn't perform or take somebody like Gronk who has been able to mostly minus injury when he's on the field right he performs he parties so I don't know look at Dennis Rodman he he made it work in Chicago Phil Jackson made it work I'm not My point is I'm not going to sit here and just put James Harden on blast because at the end of the day, Joe, he won an MVP. And was the best player on that team from start to finish, from his arrival to what it looks like his departure. Exactly. So, And he finishes. And and if you, you know, if you want to talk about sort of the, the management situation, the coaching situation, Mike D'Antoni, who, you know, is their coach, the, the, the second half of that run, more than the second half of that run, I think six of the nine years or whatever, he, he's the kind of guy who that's all he cares about. Like, you could be doing charity work when you're not on the court, and if you play like Nate Robinson, you're going to live in Mike D'Antoni's doghouse. And you could be 
John Wick when you're not on the court and you literally murder 75 people per day. And as long as you play within his system, then he's going to like you. And what's amazing is the story includes, you know, him and Russell Westbrook not getting along. And it seems like D'Antoni resigns because he doesn't want to work with Harden and Westbrook. He didn't resign when it was Harden and Chris Paul. He didn't resign when it was, you know, like, so he's like, I can't do this from a basketball standpoint anymore. And again, we can't oversell the fact Mike D'Antoni didn't have another job lined up. Mike D'Antoni is now the, an assistant coach. So he bails for what seems like basketball reasons. And I, listen, I'm sure the catering to your star players every needs doesn't help because I don't think he's the kind of guy that prefers to hang around for strip clubs for an extra day. But my point is, you look at James Harden, he still performed. It doesn't seem like that's why Mike D'Antoni taps out on that team, which, which by the way, is the end of that James Harden era. Yeah. It starts with Mike D'Antoni leaving, and now he wants to go, and now he wants to be a net. He wants to be a sixer or whatever. I guess the counter argument would be, hey, he shouldn't get this carte blanche to do whatever he wants when they're not technically winning a title. You know, I guess that would be the, the, the other side of it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I think you have to find a balance. You know, we look at different leagues. We look at the NFL, the players, in my opinion, and probably in yours, of course, they don't have enough say. They don't have enough pool where the NBA is the polar opposite. They have an extreme amount of pool. Stars get preferential treatment. Maybe there needs to be a counterbalance between the two. You know, I don't know. And obviously, well, I think I think also that it comes with some personal accountability. Is like when you're James Harden and you show up in Houston and they just let you do it from day one. How do you? How do you just say, "Oh, I'm not going to do that"? And and obviously, it didn't translate into winning. But if you look at the guys around the league who do win, there are those like I mean, LeBron James. He's not getting hurt because. The, the, the dude literally is just in the gym or at the gym. You know what I mean? Like shooting. Yeah. Like, so th- there is a little bit of like, how much does James Harden want to win a championship versus how much does James Harden want to be an NBA star basketball player? And I think if you look around the league, those guys that are always there day in day, I mean, you don't, is Steph Curry is playing golf or he's playing basketball. Like, you don't hear a lot of Steph Curry at the strip club stories. Yeah, because he's probably not doing it that much. Right. So, but, but you know, let's take a you know take it back a step. Let's go back to the Last Dance. You know, Michael Jordan is doing late late nights at the casino, gambling, his own late nights in Vegas. But he's also winning titles. Right. So, you know, he gets that freedom to do that. I don't know. I think that. The whole situation, it didn't work out. But again, he still performed. So it's basically, you can't be mad at James Hart. It, it, it's like, you know this, with kids. You can't give your kid candy and then the kid's a maniac and he's all wound up and he's ADD and you'd be mad at your kid for misbehaving. Well, you shouldn't have given all that sugar. I have, I have a second theory. How about this? Do you think James Harden was doing that in the playoffs? Like, do you think he's doing strip clubs between games five and six. I'd hope not. For his I'd hope sake. not too. But if you look at it, James Harden dominant during the regular season, if there is any, you know, 
hole in his resume, it's a couple of big choke performance. Maybe James Harden is a superhero who gets his powers from the strip club. You know, maybe not getting lap dances is his kryptonite. Maybe the dude needs a strip club to perform because in the playoffs, he's had some big, I got to imagine before game sevens, James Harden wasn't going to the strip club. Meanwhile, game sevens are the only time James Harden fully no shows in basketball games. So he needs the strip clubs. James Harden is powered by strip club chicken wings. Man, that's a crazy power to have. That's not a power I'd ever want. Have you ever eaten food at a strip club? I've never done it. Uh, no, I don't believe I have. The only thing I did close was we were at Larry Flint's Hustler Club in Vegas. I don't know. Like 10 years ago, eight, nine years ago, a quick day trip with my buddy. We were watching football on Sunday. We, we ordered pizza to the strip club. We were eating pizza at the bar. I've eaten food prepared at a strip club because there used to be a comedy show at a strip club in New York where they split, literally put a wall up in the middle of the room so that they could like Giuliani made it where like every strip club had to be like 40% not a strip club. And all the strip clubs were like, this is the dumbest rule ever. Okay. This half is a cigar bar. Okay. This half is like a massage parlor. And one place was like, okay, this half is a comedy club. And they just kept, it was literally just a strip club with a wall up and half the strip club instead of on stage strippers was comedians and pretty sure I ate food at that comedy club one time. <laughs> so you did eat at a strip club. So basically actually I haven't been to a strip club in a minute. I'm trying to think the last time I went to a strip club. When's the last time you went to a strip club ball state. That might be it for me. That's four years ago. Yeah. Four plus years ago. Has it been that long? I'm going to have to think about this. I think strip clubs are great to just watch people watch. Like I'm all about people. Watching. Oh no. You know what? I went to a strip. I was like thinking about like my, my girlfriend made me go to a strip club in Bridgeport, Connecticut with dirt balls, with dirt balls. Did we go with dirt balls? Yeah. Cause I think I heard stories though. Like some of the, some of the Buffalo and, and upstate New York guys were like incapacitated, right? Oh, that was at a bar. Oh, they, they were just, they were just incapacitated at a pub. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, I'm not going to name it. It was, it was the same. It was the same trip. I'm not going to name names, put anybody on blast, but wasn't there a dirt ball, like lying on the floor? Yes. Of a bar. Dirt balls get lit. I believe if I'm not wrong, that those two, two dirt balls slept in their car in a covered parking garage in Bridgeport, Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) Three, one, five crew goes hard. They got to be loving this Josh Allen, man, and this Bills. Yeah. That's got to be rough for Bills Mafia. Bills are finally good. They're going to win, you know, 11, 12 games this year. They can't even celebrate with tailgating or anything. Look, it's, it's like the James Harden theory all over again. Are the Bills better if Bills fans aren't there throwing each other through tables? So it's a small sample size, but the proof is yes. The proof like says, says yes right now. Okay. Bills fans actually hurt their team. Will James Harden be on the roster? They start next week. We'll be on the roster. I'll, I'll pose two questions. Opening day and then Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So we'll push forward about a month. I'm going to say yes on opening day. I'm going to say yes on MLK Day. I'm going to say no on the trading deadline. Okay. So you think he'll last about half a season? 
yeah, I think what I think is going to happen is there's there's so much talk of oh he's been at he's been at the strip clubs instead of going to training camp. There was the picture the other day where he was either wearing eleven shirts like he was, uh, you know, where he was Joey in the episode of Friends where he puts on literally all of Chandler's clothes at one time because he looked like James Harden looked like he was four hundred pounds. Um, yeah, he looked fat, dude. He looked fat. I don't think he is fat. I think he had. I think he had a weird. It was like one of those weird clothing bad angle and, and angle things. Um, you can't fat shame him though, bro. It's a new thing, man. I'm not fat shaming him. I'm just saying he looked fat. That, I'm that's joking. not. I'm that's not shaming him about I'm it. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, dude, this is out. Of, this the, the, the internet is just so out of control. Why were people saying you can't fat shame James Harden? People were really making that him and then like that stuff that happened this week I, I was actually paying attention too much to twitter this week that thing happened with lizzo and her diet her cleanse diet and fat shaming and ugh, it's just you know for the record if you're obese you're unhealthy that's a medical fact fact there we go it's a fact so any fat people out there who want to say hey i'm healthy and i'm fat no you're not you are literally unhealthy and it's not good for you so you're health shaming them you're not fat shaming them sure whatever you want to call it joe i just this 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 world is out of control again dude i, I you know i i just need a giant sign above me that just says facts only like i just i just want to live by this facts gotta live your life by facts I'm I'm seeing where this is headed though with dating. It's not good. This is why the Cleveland Indians need to still be the Cleveland Indians. It's getting it's a slippery slope. The next thing we can't call Lizzo obese to her face. I'm not are you mocking me? Who are you mocking? I'm confused. I'm mocking everybody. By the way, not a single call about the Cleveland Indians thing. Yeah. Who's like honestly, what would you say? I don't know. I was hoping for one though. I was hoping I was for, hoping one, for one too. Just just for discussion's sake. I did watch the Cleveland Cavs game seven, two thousand six NBA title game last night. Okay. What a great game that was. Like I forgot for some reason in my head, I felt like the Warriors were up double digits in the second half in the Cavs came back. I forgot that it was just so back and forth the entire time. Oh, you're saying half. 2016. Yeah, sorry, what did I say? 2006. Sorry. Yeah, 2016. That was a great game seven. They were reshowing yeah. on NBA TV. Oh, it was incredible. What a was, great game. I was in Norfolk, Nebraska watching that game in a hotel room. I, I remember exactly like, what a game. Insane. Fun watching that game too, because you see, like, take Kyrie, and Kyrie was great that game, and went off in the third quarter, and obviously had a huge shot in the fourth quarter. But it's crazy to see how well they made it work as a team with him, LeBron, all the other, you know, the supporting cast. They all, they all, they all had their moments in that game, from Tristan Thompson to J.R. Smith to Kevin Love. They all had their moments. But what's crazy is. I see Kyrie there, and then now let's think of present day, and I say, dude, you like you had a system. You made it work. You still got yours. Why would you ever leave that situation? Because he wanted to be the star player on the team, and he had an opportunity to do it. He embarrassed himself. They, they moved on from it, and now he's, now he's doing that. 
Now he's, I mean, you, you talk about like, he, he didn't go back to his ex, but he basically went back to his ex. Now he's Kevin Durant's sidekick. Yeah. No, you're right. Like it, it took it, like all it took was two seasons of him trying to be the man. And he was like, you know what? I actually, I cannot be the man. I'm not, I'm not the man. And like, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was terrible. But take that game. There's moments where he is the man as far as he's taking over. Like that game, he takes over. I believe he had 12 points in the third quarter. But that's the point, Andy, is it's, it's when you're in that situation, when you're in that role, it's, it's no risk, high reward to go off, to take over a game. When you are the man living and dying, the entire team living and dying by your shots, it, it holds a lot more pressure. Sure. And it, it just seems like Kyrie Irving is not cut out for that whatsoever because to be, it, it's also not about scoring. It's about leadership and everything. And he, if he's the best player on your team, you're worse. Every single person, shout out to Devin Springfield, every single person, all you Boston Celtics fans, all you shitty NBA fans who don't, who, all you casuals, feel free to get my mentions and apologize for, you know, me, you know, criticizing me saying that Kyrie Irving can't be your best player. The end. Yeah. And just, he knows that. And he's not the Nets best player. And he went, he went running to the second best player in basketball after being the sidekick to the first best player in basketball. Now, He's in Brooklyn now, and LeBron's in L.A. Instead of both of them being in dumpster fire Cleveland, just from a city upgrade purposes, they're, they're both thriving. So maybe it worked out in the end for everybody. LeBron has another title. Kyrie Irving has learned something about himself. He's not meant to be the star player of a basketball team. Maybe everybody's in better place. You know, Maybe they needed that breakup. Well, our next story, someone who is going to remain where he's at. I was surprised by this. Giannis signed that five-year max deal. So five more years with the Bucks. Obviously, great regular seasons. For some reason, they shit the bed in the playoffs. Do you like this move for him? I like this move for the NBA. I like this move for a small market. I think it's cool when a small market retains a player. I love that about LeBron and Cleveland. I like this here because all the big cities and the teams with money always get the players. Like I like the underdog story, but... For his sake, I, I just don't know how I feel about Milwaukee right now. I, I, I do like it for him and the NBA. And I think the reason is for him, where does he go where he still is the face of the franchise and they are put in position to win a championship more so than he is in Milwaukee? Like... He's a young guy. He comes over, you know, as a teenager. He's the face of the Bucks. Are they primed to win a championship right now? No, but they also have him as a centerpiece and can build around it. And it's like people killed LeBron for leaving Cleveland the first time, but people are killing Giannis for staying in Milwaukee. It's like the, the other option was Giannis to – Miami it's like that's literally exactly what LeBron James did that you guys killed him for yeah so Giannis to Toronto like is Toronto better suited to win a championship with Giannis right now than Milwaukee is I don't think they are I mean I don't think it's there's nothing definite in that no 
So, I mean, where, what are we talking about? Yeah. I just don't know where, where this, where this move was for him to go that it works for him from a personal standpoint. It upgrades him as a star and it improves his NBA finals championships. Like, yeah, if he comes to the New York Knicks, is he a bigger star? Of course he is, but he also gets a worse basketball team. I mean, Star, I guess, recognition-wise, I mean, the guy has back-to-back MVPs. You know, his numbers are insane. Right. It's not like he can really... Like, even as a player, I'm sure he's going to continue to improve, and I know his jump shot will improve, and his three-point percentage should improve. But, like, how much better can you get statistically? He, he, had the, he set the record. A lot of people don't realize this. His player efficiency rating last year was the all-time high for any single season in NBA history since they started doing that stat in the early 70s. And listen, I think Giannis is a bit flawed in terms of building a team around as it is. So, like, I'm, I'm not sure that the best move for him isn't staying in Milwaukee, building that team around him, and fi- like figuring it out within the system that you've already got and within the culture that you've already got, how to put guys around him that can compete for a championship. Do I think they maybe need another star to play with him? Yeah, I do. If you want to win a championship, but I just don't know where you take his style of play and drop it on. Like, honestly, the biggest thing that's uh, holding Giannis back from being the most famous basketball player in the world is his last name's Antetokounmpo. Like, Change your name to Giannis Lewis, and you probably improve more than going to Miami. How does Matty Goldberg pronounce it? I, I have no idea. Well, he, if he first of all, he everybody has a trouble with Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Matty has a problem with Giannis. Matty calls him Giannis. That's right. <laughs> I think he might even call him Giannis. Like he's going hard G. I, I texted with some of the old guys this week. I, I was connecting with Tug last night. And then uh, I texted Maddie. We, we had a nice exchange this week as well. Are you just doing holiday greetings? I'm not. I didn't leave. You know, I didn't leave Los Angeles and just did. You know, I'm not like bye forever. I'm not. I'm not pulling that game with with my old friends. Yeah. Plus, I want to get these guys back on the show. You'll you'll hear. We we got. There was a little tug shade in, in the calls we're gonna do later in the show. I said, Uh-oh. yeah. I go. You got to come on, defend yourself, man. Like you well, that, listen, that was the thing. And uh, I'm, I'm going to dance around this as carefully as I can, because I know we, there's a pending lawsuit with Golfgate. There's, there's, you know, there's only so much I'm legally allowed to say right now. But again, I wasn't trying to throw shade at Tug as much as I was trying to say, hey, much like, and I even said this in, on the show, I was like, much like, uh, what we're calling Watergate 2, the Arizona flooding situation. There's a lot of, uh, you know, opposing views on Golfgate. A lot of talk from this side, a lot of talk from this side. I just wanted to lay out that I felt like I was in the middle of a golf scandal. And I wanted to, and I, I was trying to set up a, you know, sharing of everybody's views so that Tug and Andy Lassa, everybody could have, have it out. And I thought it was also great for dirty sports content. Guys, come on and, and you know, talk about what's going on. Yeah. And instead, just, I mean, just the, the, the thought of talking about talking about it. I mean, that blew up in my face. And now legally, I'm, I, I cannot legally say anymore. 
Well, well here, here's what I think. We need. A pending litigation. Here's what I think we need to do. I think we need to get all the guys together, whether it's, uh, it's probably not going to be in person due to the current situation in 2020. But I think you, Laz, me, Tug, Maddie, whoever, we get, we get all the boys together. White people, white guys, straight white males doing straight white male things. <laughs> and we, we talk it out. And the, and the four or five of us get together, and everybody drinks a nice cold Miller Lite. How does that sound, Joe? I think that would sound fantastic. If, if there's one thing that can help us get through the, the red tape of the Lazarus family lawyer team of lawyers and the Tug Cokers legal crew, it's a nice, crisp Miller Lite. It really is. That, that's, it's, it's the ultimate thing that's going to bring us together and – just get to the bottom of everything and, and we can do it in perfect harmony. Now, 2020, because I don't want to be canceling anybody. I don't want to be canceling any of my friends. That's basically what I'm trying to say is I'm keeping in touch. I don't want to cancel everybody. But one thing, Joe, that is getting canceled because of 2020 is the holiday parties. And uh, it turns out most people didn't like those parties anyway. And our friends at Miller Lite are doing a proper send-off Miller Lite is teaming up with visual artist Alex Prager for a full exhibit called Farewell Work Holiday Parties. I think everybody will be happy to see those gone, hopefully, forever. Nothing says farewell to an old tradition like seeing it in a museum. To celebrate all that extra Miller time with your real friends this season, whether it's virtual or not, get great-tasting, less-filling Miller Lite delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Joe, I want to let you know, I picked up a bunch of Miller Lite, and it will be sitting in my fridge when you make your triumphant return to the nasty natty and kick back a few while we podcast next week. I... I have a strategy, Andy, and I, I've already got it. I got a a clear sticker that looks like a a can of Miller Lite, and I'm just and it's very small, and I'm just gonna place it in the front window of the car, down below, so it just always looks like I'm driving toward a Miller Lite. This is just gonna keep me focused on the road. I'm driving toward that Miller Lite that's at Wall Street. Perfect, absolutely perfect. I look forward to you being back. Will this be the first time since the pitch, I assume? Yeah, we, we haven't been there since the pitch, right? Yeah, so it's been a little over four years since uh, a lot happened. Woo! Yeah. Legally, I can't get into that either, but yeah. uh, I'll just say some things happened. and uh, we, we, could use, we could use the Lazarus family legal team to help us out of that yeah. predicament as well. Well, luckily for... Uh, my parents, they, they never fully knew what went down in what will be deemed uh, Hidden Hills Gate. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the street I live on, Hidden Hills Gate. Um, baseball, we got to do some quick baseball news. So this was a huge, uh, a huge move by Major League Baseball. They are officially making all the statistics and all the, the players and everything that happened uh, from 1920 to 1948, from the Negro Leagues, will be officially a part of Major League Baseball statistics. Yeah, w- very weird 2020 style uh, retroactive uh, 
only kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of doing it for show. I mean, I, I'm, fi- I'm totally fine with it, but at the same time, you're like, cool story, Major League Baseball. That totally makes up for a hundred years of you guys pretending like the, the players in the Negro League weren't human beings. Well, look, better late than never. You know, we kind of discussed this in a way with the Cleveland Indians name change. Yeah. And I've always said, and I know I'm on record on this show saying it, I think a lot of those stats are BS because it wasn't integrated. So you didn't have the black players. You didn't have the Latin players. You didn't have the Asian players. A lot of the Major League Baseball stats. 100%. And, and look, it doesn't, it doesn't change those stats at all because – that, that still didn't happen. Now we're just adding more stats to the mix. But I think but, I saw a player in the Negro League had 69 home runs in a season. Okay. So now so, that's second all-time? So Yeah, I, I would say the argument could be – it's not the argument. Well, I guess now that it's – you know that wasn't the Roger Maris record before the Roger Maris record was broken. Right. I dig it. See, yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with it. I am not one of those. See, baseball fans and baseball nerds in particular hold on to the stats and well, the numbers. Well, the, the, the other thing with baseball, I, I think baseball is the 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 sport where those statistics mean the most. But we're now we're now very very far away from the Roger Maris home run race, like which I think would be the biggest kind of single statistical season with like everybody's eyes on baseball because of whatever, like we're now through those, that record being broken multiple times because of steroids. We're now on to the DH where guys are just literally hitting and not playing the field. We're now on to uh, shifts. We're now on to, you know, different amounts of games, uh, how, I mean, we're talking about like the Babe Ruth era. He's playing all his games during the day with like foul balls that curve, you know, around the pole being foul ball. Like there's so many different rule changes that we're such a long way away from it that at this point, comparing guys from a season to season basis is, is almost like ludicrous for going back from I mean. The Babe Ruth to Roger Maris is one thing. The Roger Maris to Mark McGuire is another thing. But from, from Babe Ruth to Mike Trout, it's almost an entirely different game. I mean, come on. Like, it's the same thing I do with basketball. Or it's the same thing we do with football. You got to do it with baseball, too. Just, you really can't compare eras because it's stupid in a way. But if we're going to compare eras, just look at a picture of Babe Ruth. I mean, come yeah. on. Just come on. You mean tell me that guy had the record for all those years? Look at the guy. He was a Andy, fat slob. Facts. He was obese. Facts. <laughs> Cigars are bad for you. Facts. All those pork byproducts. Factually, he was a sick person. I'm just going to say, factually speaking, he was an unhealthy man. Factually speaking, I look at, you know. Barry Bonds and Mike Trout and you name it, Hank Aaron. Like, come on. Don't, like, yeah. just, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure putting a needle in your neck full of human growth hormones has good, solid long-term uh, residual effects, but I guess it's too early to tell. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start having your soon. having your head grow five sizes like your like the Grinch's heart at age 34 maybe not good for you. I'm gonna start cycling so I get stronger to do yard work. Okay, I'm gonna be the yo. I'm gonna be the guy who's just just handling wheelbarrows left and right in in the neighborhood. You gonna start doping? Just start doping. Yeah, doping better. for the yard work. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I don't yeah. play any. I don't. I don't play any pro sports. I thought you were talking about riding a bicycle to get better at yard work. I was like, yeah, that'll help your legs too. I guess. No, I mean like the guy who can just just stack the wheelbarrow and lift logs. I don't know. Whatever you do, whatever you do out here, right? Sure. You want to do some yard work with me next week? Yeah. Have at why it. Why not? Why not? It's gonna be a quick stay, Joe. I, you know, it's it gonna is. Be a, it's gonna be a tease. quick turnaround. I'm coming to to say hello, to have a few Miller lights, to do a podcast, to get some rest. And to get back out on the road, it's a quick trip to to rest stop, and I appreciate it. And when will you be uh, back in California? Uh, a little bit before twenty twenty one. You know, you want to want to say goodbye to the year twenty twenty at home. Who knows where if this if things are get worse in twenty twenty one? So yeah, I think like the thirtieth. So I live in the Midwest. Your girlfriend's family's from the Midwest. It's like, is there any part of you who's like, hey, man? All signs are pointing Midwest. Well, you left. She left. You you returned under uh, dramatic circumstances. I, we haven't given up on Andy Ruther becoming a full time, uh, you know, chili eating Applebee's regular. Like I think uh, there's still hope for you. I don't think we've lost you to the Midwest entirely. We'll let you get this out of your system when restaurants open up and you're like. Are we doing Applebee's again or one of the two chili spots? Gonna see. Nope. We'll see how long you last. No, man. My new jam is Kitchen 1883. That's where I, I go. <laughs> is, it, is that like a, a medieval times thing? Do they only serve 1883 era foods? No, it's actually like, really Here's good. a turkey leg. <laughs> You'd actually love it. It's good, healthy food. They're, they're a client of my brother's at Cisco, and uh, it's classic Midwest. It's right next to a... Uh, a nail salon and an orange theory and a chipotle you know what's an orange theory orange theory fitness like it's in a, like okay. a strip, strip mall kind of place. got it well that's i mean that's very california too that that's something that never i never experienced one time in new york like restaurants that are like halfway decent being in a strip mall yeah i the first time i was in la people were like hey we're gonna go to the sushi spot and it's like like you said, there's like a nail salon and there's like a 7-Eleven in the same thing. I'm like, what? I went to a place. I, I, I'm ready to make this claim. I made the claim as I was eating it. So I went to a, I went and got tacos the other day. My buddy, after we went golfing, took me for tacos. Literally in the same parking lot as a nail salon and a 7-Eleven. I had the single best tacos of my life. Like, like far and away. Part of town. It was in like the Harbor City area, like kind of down like San Pedro-ish Harbor City. We, we golfed at Harbor Park, and then we went to this place. I'm going to pull it up because they were ridiculous. It was like Golosos. What does that mean, Andy? How's that spelled? You speak Spanish. G-O-L-O-S-O. Tacos El, Tacos El Galoso. I don't they know. They make something called Tacos Dorados de Bidia. They're, they're tacos, soft tacos filled with like. That's a bold claim, Joe. Best tacos ever. Best tacos I've ever had. And, and it's not close. 
I was like, these are the best tacos I've ever had. They come with like a consomme that you dip them in. They're, but they're also fried on the grill after they're soft tacos. They're filled with the meat and the cheese. And then they're like fried, like flipped and fried on the grill. Oh, it was, I started following them on Instagram and I told my, we're sitting there in plastic chairs in a 7-Eleven parking lot. And I'm like, these are the best tacos I've ever had in my life. And he was like, yeah, they're pretty good, right? Like I thought you'd like them. I was like, dude, this is insanely good tacos well the good news is it's the best tacos you've ever had the bad news is that place will be closed in two weeks oh if this seems like a place these guys listen the border wall didn't stop them i don't think the uh covid will you know covid these guys are warriors these guys came with their great grandparents tacos de bidia whatever uh recipe in a knapsack through the deserts of Arizona, they're going to be okay. That's what I could use a good taco, man. I, ha- I haven't had. Oh man, I we will literally take a ride down to this place when you get. I, I we'll see if you've ever had better tacos. Yeah, I'll be curious. I love me some tacos. Let's do something a little different. Let's do calls now, and we can get okay. to our do our NFL picks uh, to wrap up the show, like the last twenty minutes, because we got a few I calls today. Guys, the hotline is 310-359-8365. If you want to leave a message, have a question, you name it, we're here. And uh, I love it when we hear from the dirt balls. All right, let me change up the system here real quick, and uh, we will get to calls. All right, let's start off with an NBA-related James Harden call. What's up, Joe? What's up, Andy? Corbin from Colorado here, watching some Sports Center this morning, and they're talking about all the James Harden trade talk, you know. So, my question for you guys is hypothetically, if James Harden were to get traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, I know Joe hates on Philly a lot, you know, we're kind of a, you could call this a Philly diss podcast, you know, anti Philly podcast if you want to go there. Um, but does James Harden take Philly to the next level? I don't think he will automatically make them title contenders, but is James Harden good enough to contribute to that team to take them deeper into the playoffs than they have been? I know we don't like Doc Rivers. He's not the biggest, you know, we're not the biggest fans of his system in the NBA, but they've got some talent in Philly. You know, we got Ben Simmons, ben Simmons Joel Embiid. Oh, sorry. I accidentally stopped it, but basically you get the call. James Harden yeah. to... Philly. First of all, uh, I want to clarify one thing before we get into it. This is not an anti-Philly podcast. This I'm not even an anti-Philly person. I, over whoa, the years... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me explain. I, over the years, have, have spoken about how I have no ill will toward the Philadelphia 76ers. What? And, and the reason is the, the issues I have with Philly fans are the trash garbage people who root for the Eagles and the Phillies. And that is because they are a superhero made up of some of the worst parts of the world that all come together and meet at Eagles and Phillies games. Now, that being said, it ain't the black people. It's terrible white racists. They're garbage people. Joe, come on. So hold on. No, listen. I have been to Philadelphia 76ers games, and it's like it's like urban comedy night. Like they are appreciated by I know, the NBA but, fans. I mean, 
the the kind of people who I hate about Philadelphia are the people who would I wouldn't want James Harden. He's exactly why I don't watch basketball. All the traveling and uh, I mean I just remember when uh, the 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 Pistons were playing hard nosed basketball and James Harden caring about Black Lives. It just sickens me. So listen, I'm actually over the years been kind of pro 76ers like yeah, i'm into seven, the 76ers being good dude we're coming up on seven years in the show which is crazy but of all the cities i don't even want to talk about the teams of all the cities that you have trashed the most it doesn't even come close you have literally know, destroyed it, the city of philadelphia but I'm saying it is Eagles and Phillies fans. Like I actually enjoy the city of Philadelphia. There's some culinary oh, things oh, that are oh, nice. Look at this There's, backtrack. You're I, backtracking. No, this this isn't backtracking. I say this almost every time I travel. You have them. not said nice things it's about like, Philly. You haven't said nice like, things about the women there, the city in general. It's the Eagles and Phillies dumpster fire fans that give the entire region a bad name. Now, that being said, let's move on to James Harden of the Sixers. Is this some sort of vacuum question where James Harden, like they don't have to give up anything to get James Harden? Because it seems like the issue with James Harden to the Sixers is the Sixers don't want to give up Ben Simmons. So does James Harden and Joel Embiid have more playoff success than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, do I think James Harden and Joel Embiid with Doc Rivers as a coach? is a better fit than Ben Simmons. Yeah. What I, I actually think that the Ben Simmons Doc Rivers pairing is going to be very bad for Ben Simmons career. Um, I don't, I don't like that potential for him. Um, now it, in, in some sort of vacuum where they get James Harden and don't have to give up one of those guys, or do they give up Embiid? The bottom line is adding James Harden to that team makes them better. Than they have been. Yeah, I agree. Um, Doc Rivers doesn't make them that much better than they have been, but they they haven't been that successful. And also, you know, you're in the East. Like, yes, I guess in some sort of vacuum where you keep Simmons and you keep Embiid and you add James Harden, yeah, they're better. How could they not be better? Sure. Now, does that make them a contender? No, I don't think it does. Yeah, I wouldn't put them in a contender either. And I think having Doc Rivers makes you not a contender. Sure. And much like I much like my issues with with Philadelphia are are you know, with their fans, Doc Rivers, nice guy. He's the opposite of Philly. It's like nice guy, great dude, terrible basketball coach. All right, well let's get to another call. Hey boys, it's John in Lake Orion, Michigan. Questions for Ruther. As a fellow Ohioan, I'm wondering how do you feel about Drew Carey? He is obviously the uh, first to pick over for Bob Barker and uh, Price is Right, which is epic. It's one right. Plus, he had some time on Who's Nice Anyway, which was decent at times. So I'm wondering, what do you think about Drew Carey, Ruther? And comes are for Tug Coker for uh, putting a gag order on Prino for his golf outing shenanigans. 
spill the truth, Tug. Stay I appreciate the call. I'm glad that you uh, found an entire bottle of Xanax before you left it, by the way. I Remember how we had a rule? No, you couldn't make a call while laying down. Yeah, I think I think we need to specify. You also can't make a call while hanging in a closet upside down like a bat. Like what? Like what? What the fuck was that? It sounded like he was upside down. Um, your facial, by the way, your facial features is exactly what I was when I listened to it the first time. I was like, who? Oh, Drew Carey. Yeah. And then also he goes, Drew Carey, Price is Right. He goes. He didn't Drew mention Carey, his own show. He doesn't mention the Drew Carey show, which opens with like a Cleveland Rocks theme song. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably younger. Dude, Drew Carey had a popular sitcom named after himself. When was that, 90s? Yeah. It ran for at least five seasons, right? Oh, yeah. Look, I don't, I don't have a big say on Drew Carey. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Like, I think he's great on The Price is Right. Uh, you know, whose line is anyway? I didn't really watch as much. Um, but good on that. They're all good on that. They're all talented. Uh, I'm sure he's a good dude. I, I know there was some stuff that happened recently, right, with some – because I know he was a big guy. At the, he was always one of the Playboy Mansion. He was one of those guys. Right. And somebody died recently. Did you see that? No. There was some lawsuit. I mean, I, I did see people died recently. I don't know. So, some, uh, some former Playmate. I don't know. But uh, he seems like a chill dude. I, I went to a taping of The Price is Right, and he was awesome in between, you know, all the on-camera stuff. Like, he was just very cool to audience members, and he was very cool to the staff. He seemed like a good guy. Now, my question for you is, like this guy said, you know, fellow Ohioan, like, is there, is like, does it help or hurt if you're a Cincinnati and something call you guys, Cincinnatiites, Cincinnatians, Cincinnatian. Um, does it help or hurt when you're thinking about somebody that they're from Cleveland? Like, do you claim them first, but then there's like a rivalry and then like, I mean, like we don't uh, New York New Yorkers. We don't even think about people from Buffalo. It's like it's, sure. it's, it's like you're not you're not us. I mean, like technically, like there's you know. Well, I think not, like people go, oh, how you know? But somebody you, from Cincinnati you claim them as a fellow New York. I'm like, no. I'd I argue they, somebody they Canadians claim them. That's fine. I, I'd argue somebody from Cincinnati has more in common with somebody from Cleveland and somebody from New York has more in common with somebody from Buffalo, if that makes sense. Right. Now, granted, they are opposite sides of the states. And Cincinnati, you know, is hovering right on that southern border, technically, with Kentucky. Um, I, we, we'd probably claim Ohio first, but there is, there is a, a shred of truth to what you're saying. You're like, oh, he's from Cleveland. Like, you know, the other side of the state. Like, I, I would probably claim more Columbus to Cincinnati which is obviously a lot closer. Is that, and is that the middle? Is that like the... It's the center. Is that the shared uh, love? Is like Ohio State football? Is that where like people... Yeah, uh, and, and that's... That, Cincinnati bond? Yeah, and that's where it'll be split, right? If you're from Columbus, are you a Bengals or Browns fan? Mm. But you're, you're going to be a Reds fan if you're from Columbus. Right. For sure, normally. Um, I, I don't know. You know, like I'm trying to think of other... Like other comics. I, I don't know other... I'm sure. I'm sure there are a fair amount that I'm. I'm just not thinking. Uh, but yeah, he seems like a totally nice dude. And I knew it threw me off when he when he grew the hair. Remember that was like right. a big deal. Right. Like what? He doesn't have the flat top. That's Price great. is Right is a fun show, by the way. Price is Right is great. I look forward to maybe one day getting back in the audience there. That'll be a nice return. 
Did I ever tell a story about the uh, the Mormon girls at the hotel I used to work at? That no. one. So these like three Mormon women went to the prices right. I'm not sure if they got on, but it was when I was working at Hotel Oceana in Santa Monica in the restaurant. And anyway, I take them room service and like they're pretty attractive too. And they're all they're all like they're letting loose, right? They're in LA, they're in town from Utah, they just the price is right. I take them room service and they're like, What are you doing tonight? Like, let's hang out. And they're like, tell, We're just here trying to find a husband, one yeah. of them for both of us. So I tell my buddy who uh shout out to my buddy, my, my buddy Greg, who who does WWE. Yeah, he does WWE now. Uh he's an announcer for WWE and uh, he was my old roommate and also my boss. Anyway, we go out with these girls that night and it's like three of them and me and him. And I think I was like making out with one of them and then mental breakdown, all three of them at the bar. Like, Oh my God, we should not be out. We shouldn't be drinking. Like we're doing all this bad stuff. And then it came out like, I think they were married. And one was like, oh my God, and our husbands are back in Utah. They were like good Mormon girls who just, they got caught. You know what they got caught they up got in? caught the, up in that price is right life. That's what I'm saying. They got caught up in the price is right. And they're drinking and they're thinking about like hooking up with us. And then I just remember I was at the bar and I just was like, I can't. Like they were like older than me too. I, was, I can't, I, I just laugh. Like, I can't deal with this. Like grown, grown ass woman crying. Like, I don't know, you know, make your, make your mind up. I don't know. You want to come back and hang out? Cool. If not, but I can't deal with this. 25 year old Andy Ruther was having none of it. 25 year old Andy Ruther taps out. I was the king of tapping out. Wasn't I? Oh yeah. Like with girls in general. Just gone. Like, I was telling somebody about that. The They're day like, after. I bid $1. They're like, no, that's not going to work. Remember how quickly I would end it with girls I was seeing back in the day? She'd do one thing. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. Bye. Bye You're forever. Like, facts. Cigarettes will kill you. Facts. <laughs> Science says if you have a cat that you're a bad person. Facts. Take your cat and leave. You have a, you have a cat. For that reason, I'm out. Just like the weirdest episode of Shark Tank. Such an asshole. All right. You want to get through a couple more of these calls? Let's do it. All right. Let's hear from Kyle Aronofsky. Let's get a New York York Jets update from him. Pork roll yid. What's going on, boys? Kyle Aronofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Just want to uh, give a few thoughts on my New York Jets that uh, I'm still somehow – uh, a fan of, I guess. I'm not really wanting to win. I'd rather just get the pick at this point, but still uh, watch every week and, and rock my Wayne Corbett and Curtis Martin jerseys. Uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is a crack baby. That could be a, a dirty sports episode title. He was doomed from the start. He's been ruined by this franchise. And uh, another one, prediction, hot take. I think the Patriots are going to get Sam Darnold and they'll beat us twice a year and win the division every year for a decade with Bill Belichick. He's a perfect project for Bill, and you'd get him at $7 a game or some shit. And this year, week 17, Jets-Patriots in, uh, I think it's in Foxborough. doesn't matter. But I think uh, Belichick is going to throw that game to give the Jets one or maybe at that point two wins. Uh, so they, at that point, would not get the number one pick if the Jags lose out. I think those are all pretty likely things to happen. Let me know your thoughts, boys. Are for the Patriots. 
first of all, I love uh, Sam Darnold to the Patriots for a career resurgence. I actually think that kind of is a nice fit. Um, I don't think it's a perfect fit, but I think it's a nice fit. And that would be very Belichickian to yeah. shove it to the Jets. Like, I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised also if, um, you know, Bill Belichick brings in Mark Sanchez next year to win a championship. Like, maybe he, he, he could stick it to the Jets that way. Um, but I actually kind of low-key like Sam. I, you remember my prediction was Sam Darnold to back up Goff in L.A. Uh, but I, I like this as well. Uh, my one issue with this call, who are the Jets beating before week 17? <laughs> yeah, I got the right. Are, the, the, are, are the Jets winning a one game before week 17? And I also no. think, by the way, Bill Belichick isn't worried about the Jets getting Trevor Lawrence. I just think, you know, if it was a question of, oh, Belichick loses and somehow the Patriots get in the Trevor Lawrence mix, maybe. But I don't, th- I don't think Bill Belichick's worried about the Jets getting Trevor Lawrence, he's pro- he'd probably be happier that the Jets get Trevor Lawrence than other teams getting Trevor Lawrence because he's like, cool, like, can you imagine another team that's competent being built around Trevor Lawrence and then I got to deal with them in an AFC championship game? I do uh, like the idea, though. Like, that's very Bill Belichickian of losing a game. So, you know, just the idea. But I see your point, and I think that's a good point, too, of – Trevor if the Lawrence. Patriots aren't getting Trevor Lawrence, you kind of don't, you're kind of like, damn, where does he end up? If you can just take this guy and stash him with a dumpster fire franchise, it's never going to be good. Isn't that the best place to be? Isn't, wouldn't, wouldn't Bill Belichick playing 4D chess be like, why don't I take Sam Darnold from the Jets and then take Trevor Lawrence from the Jets in two years when they, you know, hire you know, Vince Lombardi's grandson to be their offensive coordinator because they have no idea what they're doing. Okay. I'm going to say something, which I've never heard anyone say about Trevor Lawrence. It's just an idea. I'm not saying I believe it. It's just an idea. Here we go. Here we go. Put on your seatbelts, guys, put on your seatbelts and, and definitely put on some sunscreen. Cause you're about to get an Andy Ruther burning hot take. Trevor Lawrence has had nothing but success. The minute he showed up, on campus. He yep. won a title his freshman year. Yep. They make the college playoffs again. They lose to LSU. Yep. He said nothing but success. He's been nothing but great. He's been surrounded by some of the greatest skilled players that anybody's had the last three years. Give me the take, Andy. Let me, I'm trying to hype it up, man. That's how we do this. Is, is there any part of you that's like, dude, he's had so much good things around him. He's been put in such a great spot. Is there any part of you who's like, dude, is there any chance that he could be a total bust? Uh, I don't think there's a, there's, I don't think there's a part of me that's like, he's a total bust, but I, I just hate the, I just hate that Trevor Lawrence has gotten the sure thing. Greatest quarterback uh, prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck, like blah, 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 all the stuff. It's like, Hey, Deshaun Watson was pretty good at Clemson. The kid who came in when Trevor Lawrence was out this year with COVID was pretty good at Clemson. His stats in that Notre Dame game were ridiculous. That's why, you know, like there is a history of basically every single person that's been in that role in the recent history has been pretty darn good. I think Trevor Lawrence, from what I've seen, I don't watch a ton of college football, but I obviously tend to watch the playoffs, is pretty good. Um, 
he 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 has all, all the makings. He has all the you know the skills. He has everything that you would need to be a good NFL quarterback. But the idea that anybody is a sure thing, I this doesn't jive with me. Well, well, Especially well, given you're put in that situation. Oh, you're you're on the New York Jets. I, I don't care if John Elway or Andrew Luck or whoever's put on the New York Jets. You're you have a better chance of not working out than you do of working out. Yeah, and 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 I forgot to. I, I maybe I'm incorrect. He didn't start right away. If you remember, he right. did take over the job beginning of his freshman year. So right. I will add that he didn't start right away, but that's not really adversity. I see your point. That's all I'm saying. Like you, you look at the two studs this year. None of these guys were guaranteed. Like we didn't, we knew what Burrow did at LSU. I don't think we knew for sure what he was going to do while he was on the field for the Bengals. Justin Herbert was a question mark, right? He was a fifth pick out of Oregon. And I guess also what does, what does Trevor Lawrence living up to the hype look like? That's a great question. What does it look like? What's the bar? If you would say at this hype, he's got to do what? Get to the, make what? the playoffs? I mean – that that's honestly that's even almost above his control right like if if trevor lawrence i don't know it, i'll say i'll say you're, this you're not a bust you're not a bust if you finish if he finishes top 10 all time and like touchdowns right if he wins an mvp he's not a bust if he oh i thought you were talking about next year i'm just saying in general like what is like living up to his hype what what does he have to accomplish in a career to like be like, yep, it was, the hype was real. Did Andrew Luck live up to his hype? No. And I love Andrew Luck. I'd say he didn't because his Andrew career Luck didn't play in a Super Bowl. His career was too short. Exactly. That, that's the, but isn't that like in the end, and I know it's a team game, in the end, if you don't play in a Super Bowl, where are you on the all-time quarterback lists? I, I'm not saying win one. I'm saying you almost single-handedly do it for your team. Dan Marino took his team by himself, basically, to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, and I'd be shocked. So Justin Herbert's on pace this year, trending towards most touchdowns by a rookie, most yards by a rookie. I'm going to say it right now. I don't think if he does break that, and I think he will, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to then re-break what he just broke. Like, I don't think people realize how, I don't think people realize how good of a year Justin Herbert's having on a team, which we'll get to in a minute, that should have way more wins than four. But they have a dumpster fire coach and management and ownership, and that's the reason they're four and nine right now. I mean, you, you bring up a great question, Prano, because... The, the, there is so much put on Trevor Lawrence, whether fair or not. That's why I bring it up. Is there a possibility this dude being a bust? I don't think he's going to be a bust. But Again, I don't think he's going to be a bust. I don't think he comes in and Ryan Leafs. I don't think he's Jamarcus Russell. I don't think he's, you know, guys that came and went out of the league or, you know, came into the league and then are a backup. Um, but the hype on Trevor Lawrence is as high as – We've ever seen. We've ever seen it. And to me, like, we're talking about his first decade in the league. If you don't have an MVP, if you don't have 
a Super Bowl appearance, if you don't have, you know, multiple conference championship game appearances, if you don't have the best touchdown to whatever's in 10, like, then you have not lived up to your hype. Now, that doesn't mean you're a bust, but he's got a lot of hype. Yeah. He's got a lot to live up to. He really does. Trevor Lawrence is the sure, sure thing. That's all I've ever heard. They've been saying and, it since his freshman did, year. Andrew Luck didn't play in the Super Bowl. Andrew Luck didn't have an MVP. Andrew Luck didn't live up to the hype of being the greatest quarterback since Peyton prospect Man. we ever saw since Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning lived up to the hype. Peyton Manning came in, broke every record that had ever been, won two Super Bowls, lost a Super Bowl. Five MVPs. MVP awards. Peyton Manning lived up to the hype. Archie Manning's kid, blah, 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 blah. Lived up to it. Exceeded it. Yeah. And, and that's, that was kind of my point in a way. I mean, I made it a little more dramatic by saying bust because I don't. neither of us think he's going to be a bust. But that was my point of he's been anointed all these things for three years now. And there's a good chance you're walking into the New York Jets, which is a total debacle. How are you going to handle that? Like, listen. If the Jets go to another quarterback and, and Sam Darnold goes to another team and, or Sam Darnold is a backup, Sam Darnold's career to this point has been a bust. Now, that could be to blame the Jets for sure. And uh, by the way, I'm happy, happy to go back decades and say the Jets are responsible for a lot of people being a bust. But that's what a, being a bust looks like. You're not yeah. the starting quarterback. You're, you're drafted in the top five, and you're not the starting, starting quarterback for the team that drafted you five years later. That's being a bust. Sure. Well, let's get to the week 15 picks. This is a great conversation, which we can continue doing NFL. As always, our weekly picks, weekly point spreads, are brought to you by our friends at Game Theory Picks, who provide profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. They offer subscriptions from weekly, monthly, to yearly. Since sports made their triumphant return in July, Game Theory clients have profited in five straight months. A $50 per play better is up $1,900. Game Theory is making it easier than ever to join their team. So dirt balls. Right now, go visit GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code DIRTY to get 20% off your first month of Game Theory Picks. Once again, that's GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code DIRTY to get 20% off your first month of Game Theory Picks. And uh, we start with the Chargers tonight. So it's a great segue talking about Justin Herbert. And they will be on the road in Las Vegas. Three-point underdogs against the Raiders. Well... Uh, well, let's get this out of the way. I think the Raiders win and cover. Um, and I think that's because I have been fading the Raiders the last couple of weeks and it seemed like the wheels are off, but I think that they get it right at home. I think this is a close game. Could be, I mean, it, I honestly think this could go either way. I'd love it way more at two and a half or two than three, but I'm going to just, I'm just going to flip the script on the Raiders. The Raiders have been, I've been fading them successfully. You can only run that fade for so long. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Raiders this week and I'm going to hope that this, this 
debacle Chargers st- article and statistic that you have sent me proves proves true once again, especially in prime time. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Raiders winning cover because I think they have to. They just have to. So I'm going to put my money on trust with John Gruden. This is a great article, courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. Basically, the Chargers have lost so many games that they shouldn't have, and, and that's the point. And it's not just this year. It's the ineptitude of years, and obviously most recently with Anthony Lynn, as I've said. To me, it's on the head coach, and that's who the blame has to lie with. So this year, again, we're going to use some facts, people. Statistically speaking, the Chargers over the last five seasons have lost 12 regular season games when they had at least a 75% chance of winning at some point in the fourth quarter. That, I mean, Joe, that's very telling. Like, 75% chance of winning in the fourth quarter. Yeah, what that basically looks like, and I, I don't know the exact science of it, is for a 75% chance to win early in the fourth quarter, you're probably up two touchdowns or more. And, you know, probably up at least a touchdown when you get down to five minutes in the game or something like that. That's probably what 75% chance to win looks like. So their first seven losses this year. They're either blowing big leads throughout the fourth quarter or blowing a, you know, a touchdown or so lead late in the game. Yeah, their first seven losses this year were all by one score or less. I mean, think about that. If, if you flip those seven losses and just say four and three, you know, Chargers are a playoff team. I mean, it's it, 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 like they're this close. I don't think people realize that. And I've watched all their games. I think they're a fun team to watch because of Justin Herbert. And they also have a you know, decent defense. Yeah. Like they're this close to being good, but they've been this close. What's very telling about this article, again, this is the last five seasons. None of this would surprise you. So these are teams that have blown games. I'll say when, when you list this, there's actually only one team that does surprise me, and that led me to like a secondary hot take, but go ahead. So this is the list. These are teams since 2016 who have blown games in the fourth quarter when they've had a 75% chance. And, this and is now the- l- let, let me just say this. As you listen to this, think about w- which of these teams either have bad coaches or just like a, you know, a carousel of coaching. Like almost none of these teams have consistently at least decent head coaches, except one. Number or, one. Or do they? Chargers. 12 times they've done it in five years. Number two, the Detroit Lions. 10 times they've blown Bad coaches, multiple of them. Atlanta, number three at nine times. Bad coach since fired. This was the big surprise on the list. Baltimore has done it eight times. Chicago has done it eight times. Arizona, eight times. Then we have Carolina, seven. The Giants, seven. Jacksonville, seven. Cincinnati seven. So here's here, here's what I'll pose to you, and I've I've already posed I've already posed the question many times on the show: Is Ron Rivera overrated? Like for some reason, Ron Rivera gets some love as like some sort of great NFL coach, and I'm like, what did Ron Rivera ever do to earn that one? But 
the Panthers are on that list. Obviously, they're uh, uh, you know a rebuilding team this year. But then the Ravens on the list that shocked me. It kind of throws it, it kind of throws a little monkey wrench in the mix. Like, how good a coach is Harbaugh? I think he's a great coach, personally. Blown a lot of almost sure wins in the fourth quarter. He has. I mean, you know, the numbers don't lie. He's done it eight times. But I think overall, I like Harbaugh a lot. They're always in the thick of things. You know, his record speaks for itself in the playoffs. How many times has he made the AFC championship? He did it with Flacco. Now he's doing it with Lamar. So he's done it with multiple quarterbacks. They usually have a good defense. Like that game the other night, you know why I wasn't worried about that Browns game, which was a great game. Best game of the year so far, I think we'd agree. Yeah. Fun game to watch. Loved it. I knew the Ravens were going to win because of Harbaugh. In my opinion, I was like, I trust Harbaugh versus the Browns. He's done this enough. And obviously Lamar Jackson was playing great as well. It sounds like you're not on the Harbaugh train like me. I, I, I think I think I am I was always on the Harbaugh train, but and I know it's just one statistic, but it's you a also good stat though. Yeah. And I I think maybe what it does is it just gives us a little bit more of a in-depth picture. I think, I think people are so quick to be like Harbaugh, great coach. No doubt about it. Like sure thing. And, and I got to say, I know a lot of Baltimore Ravens fans who have their own issues with management and coaching and whatever there. And I almost think that maybe this is just, you know, that there's a little bit more of a dark underbelly of, of what's going on in Baltimore than just, John Harbaugh, great coach. That's not the problem. So uh, Lamar Jackson can't win playoff games, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a combination, right? I'm sure it is. All right, we got two Saturday games this week. Bills Broncos in Denver. Bills are six point favorites. Wow, dude. This to me, this reeks of everyone's high on the Bills, including myself and Josh Allen. This reeks of a close game with Denver that they cover. I think you you say Denver covers. Denver covers, and they you know I wouldn't be shocked if they won. I think it's I think it's early for the uh, the Bills sort of showing their weakness. I think it will happen at some point, but you know cold weather. Bills are used to it. I think that they take the win over the Steelers. They build on it, and we don't see the, the sort of the the holes in their armor until you know, a couple weeks from now. And also I think I like the idea of them getting locked in to that three seed. Cause it's unlikely that they jump higher than that three seed. Yeah. I'm going to take the bills to cover. I don't love it, but okay. I like it. Green Bay is at home against the Panthers. They're eight and a half point favorites. Panthers are a tough team to figure out when picking spreads. Very tough team to figure out. Although I think what I have figured out is that other teams have figured them out. It was, they were tough for a while. They haven't been good lately. Yeah. And it's usually the opposite with, you know, new coaching staffs. It's usually look bad early, figure it out late. Um, I just think eight and a half's a lot, but I don't think that the Panthers have a chance to win this game. And, you know, typically, even in thinking about covering a spread, if it's high, it's like, 
are they going to be in the mix in this game? I don't think they will. I go with Green Bay. Yeah, I agree. I think Green Bay is locked and loaded right now. They're rolling. I think Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has an MVP he wants to win. Yeah, I think he does. And, and I think, you know, I said I'm being a little biased. I'd like to see him get one more as, as his career is starting to wind By down. By the way, if you're the Packers and you know that basically you've got the end of this Aaron Rodgers run, do you, do you move Jordan Love this season and then draft another quarterback in the first round to reignite the fire? Ooh, is this like just it. a strategy you go with? Just draft your quarterback every year in the first round. Yeah. Trade up for Trevor Lawrence. Have him sitting there. Wow. The ponytail on, just staring at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence would look funny in a Packers uniform. Oh, yeah. I just can't see that. It's like the one uniform I haven't seen them Photoshop him into yet. I'll be honest. I think he's going to look funny in any NFL uniform. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the hair. I don't know what it is. I think you should go with pigtails. I agree. Bucks, Falcons in Atlanta. Bucks are six point favorites. Man, I, you know, Atlanta is just so tough to pick. They're so tough to pick. I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to go Atlanta because. Let's just keep let's keep riding the Atlanta screws me train. I, the thing when I pick it for like I know Atlanta screws me anyway. I do so I almost want to be like if I pick the Bucks, then Atlanta screws me by maybe beating the Bucks. But I think that's overthinking it. So I'm gonna take Atlanta and I'll let them screw me by letting Tom Brady have like the game of his life. Forty ers Cowboys. In Arlington, the Cowboys are three-point dogs at home against the Niners. The, to me, this is crazy. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this. how the, the Niners have been abysmal Bad. lately. Yeah. I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys, even though it's, it's to, me, to me normally I would say everything is so obvious, I'm going to go the other way. Um, I just don't know how the Niners are favored in this game. You got at some point you got to trust that when you make a line in your head, if it's completely flipped, you got to trust. It. I mean, favored, they're favored. Yeah, on the road. Lines travel to Tennessee, where the Titans are eleven point favorites. Wow. I'm gonna go Den or I'm gonna go Detroit. What 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 did Tennessee? What was Tennessee's game? Oh, they blew out Jacksonville, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Detroit. On, and the guy on the Lions played with a fractured throat. What is that story? That's the wildest thing I, I've I don't, ever heard. I'm not even really sure what that means. I I, I, I read. I don't know what it means. A fractured either. trachea. He couldn't like talk the whole game. Basically, he was Vince. Rest in peace, Vince. Just a fractured trachea. Dude, football players are badasses. Yeah. Like you see this story, they are modern day gladiators. You see this story and you think this guy played an entire game with a fractured throat, which we don't even know what that means. They truly and, are modern day gladiators because just like the Romans, if you can't compete, the NFL just murders you. So it's like we never want to hear from you again. Your contract is up. You're dead to us. Goodell literally going. So, this is still never discussed. 
for some reason. You know the new collective bargaining agreement? They still don't get lifelong health insurance. And I believe that collective bargaining agreement goes for another 10 years now. So, yeah. so it's, not, it's not even on the table, Joe. Like it's not, you see this story about this guy playing with the fractured throat. It's not even on the table for them to get health benefits. All it is is you basically get, if you play three years, you get retirement. Yeah, it's terrific. It, dude, it's sad. So my little brother was telling me he's got a new uh, patient who played five years in the NFL, D-line. He played for the Steelers. He doesn't have a knee. Literally doesn't have a knee. Like, his knee was so jacked up, and, you know, he played in the 80s, and they replaced it with some titanium knee, which then was all jacked up. So he walks in in a cane, it can like barely walk and he's in his early sixties. My little brother's like, it's the saddest thing ever. He's a nice guy, yeah. yeah. but he can't work. No health benefits. I, I just, I don't understand how the, the players, they just agreed to this new contract. Like, I don't understand how they're allowing this. Well, because there's no league we, without them playing because the NFL was like, people don't care. They'll, they'll show up on They're They're rooting for laundry. You mean nothing. You're so easily replaceable. People don't care about you at all. In fact, if you ever take one second and argue that you deserve anything, the majority of our fan base will say, fuck you, bye. How dare you ask to be treated like a human? So they have all the power. It's just mind-blowing. Can't go play in, I mean, at least in, the, in basketball, these guys, you got you can make a full on living going and playing in China. A lot of money. Yeah. And the NFL, that's your one and only chance to play football. Yeah. And well, they we, go out of their way to keep it that way. But we care, Joe. Dirty sports cares. Let, get, that, that that and three dollars will get you on the subway, as they say. Well, we can start a revolution, Prano. We're going to start it from the basement. All right, let's move right along here as we get through some of these games. Texans, Titan, I'm sorry, Texans, uh, Colts. India is a seven-point favorite. Texans really laid an egg last week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans anyway, even laying an egg. Uh, the Colts looked great last week, but division game, seven points in a division game. I'm going to go with the Texans. Yeah, I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to go Texans as well. All right, Pats Dolphins in Miami. Miami's a three-point favorite. They need to avenge this early season loss, which they did have against the Patriots. To me, this is a no-brainer. I think that the Dolphins' defense is good. Three points is more reasonable for a division game. That this is what this is essentially what why I picked the Texans in the last spread. It's like the Dolphins might be better than the Patriots, more greatly than the. You know, Colts are better than the Texans, but it's an AFC East game. They're like, it's a three-point game. Great. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going to take Dolphins as well. All right, Bears-Vikings in Minnesota. The Vikes are three-point favorites. Bears put up a ton of points last week out of nowhere. Too little, too late, probably. If you were – who would you rather be a fan of going forward? Would you rather be a Bears fan or a Vikings fan? Who do you think has more potential – like, who's going to be success, more successful first? I'd rather be a Bears fan because of uh, history. 
I don't know. I mean, that's that's a lame reason, but moving forward, I don't know. I don't know either. That's a I, tough I, like, call. I, honestly, I'm not sure either are set at head coach. I know neither are set at quarterback. Uh, both tend to have pretty good defenses, you know, recently. Uh, Minnesota definitely has more weapons in terms of Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, but they're also Minnesota. Also, I'm not sure. The, I, I think the one thing that the Bears have going for them, I think the Bears know that they're not set at quarterback, and I'm not sure Minnesota's not about to re-up Kirk Cousins again. Like, I don't know. I, I think Minnesota thinks that they are set at quarterback. Yeah. I don't know who I'd rather be a fan of going forward. Who you got? Three-point Vikings faves. In Chicago? Minnesota. Uh, in Minnesota, I'll take the Vikings. Yeah, the one o'clock game? Yeah. I'll take the Vikings. I'll take Vikings as well. All right. Seattle travels to Washington. They're five and a half point favorites. What is it with this spread? This spread just, I don't get this spread. That's a huge spread. Why? I need. Why? I need your Seahawks to come through this week. I mean, I need them to come through. They why need that, to win this game. Why is that spread so big though? What, what are we missing here? Uh, I think that we're missing that it's the NFC East. They looked pretty good last week. They upset a team. They've they looked good above weeks in head. a row. Right, but they but maybe playing above their heads. Uh, they they live on running the ball. The one thing Seattle can do defensively is stop the run. Uh, Washington is not going to pass effectively. Um, and Seattle's traveling west to east. It's a one o'clock game. I just I'm going with Seahawks because I no need way. them. I'm going with the Seahawks because I need them. I need them. I'm putting my money where my heart is. I need them to win this game. I need them to win it big. I'm going to go Washington cover, and I wouldn't be shocked. To me, this isn't a bad game to put Washington to straight up win. Sorry. Just no faith in your boy at this point. It's it's not that. I mean, if he's not beating the Washington Redskins, and he's not beating the New York Giants, who's beating at this point? The Jets? Everybody beats the Jets, Joe. I know. That's what I'm saying. All right. Jags, Ravens. Baltimore's a 13-point favorite after that huge win. I think they need to build on I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Hey, let me pop into YouTube. I saw a few questions real quick. Great. Let's do it. Concerning football as we continue. What do you think, I think, what do you think about this? And I, Everything I've read that they're not doing this. Would you like a, a playoff bubble? They're not going to do it, though. Would I like it? For the NFL. Um, I'll tell you what. I would like uh, I would like the NFL postseason to go off without, you know, a major player getting COVID. So I'd prefer the bubble to watching a Trace McSorley wildcard game. Oh, my God. Thank God. Lamar Although he, Jackson came did back. He get hurt? Did he, is he like, uh, it doesn't really matter. Well, it's like long-term health status, but like it does. If Lamar Jackson gets COVID diarrhea again. Diarrhea, right? I don't, I have, I have no idea. Dude, that was a funny. All I could think about when every, all I could think about when everybody was doing that, uh, when everybody was just basically saying that he had to go to the bathroom was like, I know for a fact, Mikey Prano shit his pants during a football game. Like, which was just like, well, it's either skip a couple downs or shit my pants. So 
I'm shitting my pants. None of that surprises me, knowing your brother. I, I, I think we might need him to confirm, but I know for a fact he just like didn't even care about peeing his pants. And then all the Odell Beckham Jr. jokes that were flying off when he was taking a dump. Well, I didn't even see those. That when, when Lamar was taking a dump? Yeah, because it was in Cleveland, and remember the rumor was that OBJ is in like a poop fetish, that one Instagram girl said. Oh, yeah. I missed so, that whole Yeah, it all came full circle. Like there were some funny memes that, you know, that Odell was like, hey, where are you at, man? You're you going to flush? You, you know, like show me a pic. <laughs> Wild. I mean, he had to have been pooping because he ran out like it was nothing and just straight up led them to a comeback. Right. And I mean, and what they call the cramps? Cramps my ass. Why can't they just say I got the shits, man? I got the runs. Yeah. And then he came out and said he didn't have the runs. Dude, okay. He came out we, and said he didn't, Paul Pierce. It, it's 2020, and, and you know we talk about all the shaming and fat shaming and all the skinny shaming and whatever it is. Everybody it, poops. Facts. What? Can we just, yeah. Everybody, like, there's a book about it. R.E.M. wrote a song about it. Everybody poops. Facts. Can we just accept that we all take dumps? And, and I'm probably a little more open. No, not probably. I am more open than anyone ever that I've met talking about it, especially with ladies. Like, it's cool. We all take dumps. But for, for them to lie and say, he, you don't go back to the locker room when you have the cramps. At least not to my knowledge. Say I had the runs, man. I ate some chili dogs or something up in Cleveland. Yeah. I ate at the finest dining establishment that Cleveland has, and now I have explosive diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Not a good vote of confidence for Ohio. Okay. Jets, Rams. Big spread I'll take, I'll take the Rams. 17? I'm going to take the Rams. Just enjoy the stacks of money betting against the Jets. 17 and a half? Yep. Let's go. I'm going to take the Jets. Although I did that last week and got burned. All right, Eagles, Cardinals in Arizona. The Cards are six-point favorites. Six, th too, too high. I'll take the Eagles. I think it's a coming, uh, coming back to earth game here for... I think it is as well. Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go Cardinals. All I, right, think it's a com I think it's coming back to earth. I don't, I don't think the Eagles win this game, but six seems crazy. This will be a fun one, Joe. Actually, it depends if Drew Brees is playing. Chiefs Saints in New Orleans. KC is three-point favorites. I am going to go Chiefs. Yeah. Actually, I don't care who's playing. Chiefs all the way. Yeah, I'm with you. I saw ESPN post that this is like up there for uh, highest combined winning percentage of two teams this late in the season. It's like historically high. Uh, it's like top five in, in modern era or something like that. So really, really good uh, matchup of two good teams. I don't like uh, the Saints' ability to keep up with the Chiefs if it's Taysom Hill. I don't like the Saints' ability to keep up with the Chiefs if it's a Drew Brees freshly returning to action. Basically, unless Jameis Winston's starting. Uh, I like the Chiefs running away with it. I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah, me too. And that was sarcasm if anybody was wondering. <laughs> yeah, I know that. All right, Browns-Giants. Cleveland's a five-point favorite. Freddie Kitchens revenge game! Yeah, so Freddie Kitchens is calling the plays? Yep. Colt McCoy potentially starting. The Browns 
getting browned by former Browns, former Browns coach, former Browns quarterback, Freddie Kitchens, Colt McCoy, uh, Jabril Peppers, revenge game. I've got the Browns. I've got the Browns to cover. I'm going to do with the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I've got the Browns as well. I, I was, God, I was rooting for him on Monday, by the way. Tough loss. God damn it, I hope I'm wrong. Need the Gi- I mean, the Giants need to get a win and a Washington loss at some point to pull back into first place. And if everybody starts losing games, I mean, this NFC East could come down to like a Week 17 Dallas Giants game. Yikes. Ugh. Well, Monday Night Football is a stinker this week. Steelers, Bengals. Hey, come a day early. We can go to the game, Joe. Ooh. It's actually not a bad call. Sorry, dude. I'm not Monday doing night it. football in Cincinnati. I, I, I refuse to do that. All right. Well, then I won't come a day early. Yeah. I'm not supporting that fascist regime of Mike Brown. Yes, I said it. Fascist. So are, are you saying you're anti-fascist? Are you Antifa? Did you just admit to being Antifa on our show? Maybe you're I did. Antifa. But you wearing the you're same. An, outfit. You're Andifa. You wearing Andifa. You wearing the same outfit as me also makes you Antifa. Guilt, guilt oh, by association. I mean, yeah. The only thing is, I I was under the impression that you're if you wear black of any kind, then you're Antifa. So I, you know, I wear a lot of black as is. I thought I was out of my Antifa garb for the day. I wear a lot of black too. I've tried to sign up for Antifa. Can't find a website. Can't find a membership. I don't know. I don't even know how to join Antifa. Apparently, saying, it's really easy, but I can't figure it out. You saying it doesn't exist, Joe? I am saying that <laughs> it exists. That's a that's a discussion for another podcast. Yeah. Don't don't toss around reckless claims like that. That Antifa doesn't exist. Yeah. There's no way of getting into some any Antifa group at all. But yeah, I mean, I I agree that. A bunch of people wearing black and hating the government exists. I'm just not sure that there's a meeting. I don't know if there has to be a meeting for something to exist. Bengals Steelers. Let's get back to the matter at hand. One of those, I mean, both black based uniforms, probably both <laughs> Antifa. Steelers one is a black head thir- coach. Still, one had a former black head coach. Thirteen yeah. point favorites. Steelers got to win and cover this, don't they? Against the backup quarterback. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Bengals keep it close against the Paper Tigers. The Tigers cover versus the Paper Tigers mm, in like a battle it. of Antifa Tigers. I like it. I'm going to go Steelers though. Steelers win and cover. There you have it. Week 15. All right, Joe. Those are the picks for the week. Love dirt, it. Dirt balls. I'm getting koozies out. Thanks for the reviews. I will have to be sending more out today. Just drop an iTunes review and leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. And yours truly right here will DM you, and then I'll put those in the mail this week. Get those ready for uh, Christmas, for New Year's. So drop the 
Drop the review now. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther, blah, 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 blah. Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe to The Dirty Sports Podcast. Have some Miller Lights around the Christmas tree with your family. And uh, we'll be back. We got one more episode on Monday and then two episodes from now, potentially an early Christmas gift. The reuniting the Dirty Sports Podcast in Cincinnati. We'll have chili. We'll have Miller Lights. We'll be together for so podcast. We have an extra car here. Weather, uh, you know, permitted. Weather pending. So we have an extra car here. Uh, it's my dad's Honda Accord. I'm thinking to honor you coming back. I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna run it up upside, uh, hidden hills, and just destroy it. What do you think? Just just crash into any car parked on the street. <laughs> or just light the whole thing on fire and let it burn out at the end of your driveway like that other car did. <laughs> I love these deep 2016 cuts that we're doing that like eight dirt balls are going to get. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. And uh, I think that's it, right? We're pretty much done. Locked and loaded. For what? This episode. We're all finito. Yeah. All right. Peace. Love. And most importantly, don't forget, guys, to always stay dirty.